Is this just the auction before the big bumper auction next year or is there more to this? Maxwell, Morris, Cummins, Morgan, which of them will fetch the biggest sum or will it be somebody else? Who needs a rebuild and who can chill in relative terms? And where will Robin Uttapa go after all these years? And is it going to be just another million dollar day for IPL serial million dollar baby Jaydevanadkar? All that and more to get through in this uh, IPL auction special Stump Mike episode with uh, Nagraj Golapuri, our uh, news editor. Hello and welcome back on Stump Mike Naga. Hello, thanks for getting me. Gaurav Sundaraman is excited and primed to share all his theories and expectations as another IPL auction beckons. Welcome back, Gaurav. Hi, good to be back. It's time to get the ball rolling, just days ahead of the next auction. Uh, there's plenty to get through, but first of all, Gaurav, uh, what's the thought process from the team's point of view? Because we know that the next big auction is next year, in 2020, which is after the three-year cycle ends for the contracts to be seen out. Is it still the same way or have teams learned the lesson? Because every year somebody, some team goes in for a full rebuild, they release half their players. How are teams seeing this auction? Yeah, uh, small auctions are uh, usually a bit tricky. And uh, with the next year where the rules are still pretty unclear, we don't know about how many people can be retained, uh, uh, etc. And if it follows the usual uh, five retentions with three Indians and two overseas, then teams might be trying to pick that one player whom they can actually invest on for the next three years. Uh, so that will definitely be on back of uh, the team's mind and especially with respect to domestic Indian uh, players. So assume you find uh, uh, the next Patri Shaw or the next Sanju Samson, someone who's really good and uh, you feel that he has a, a good potential for the next four or five years, then it's worth taking a punt, buying him this year. He might come in much cheaper and then uh, maybe retain him next year. So those are small uh, factors to be considered. But uh, overall, I don't think they'll worry too much about that because every year is a new uh, season. And uh, I'm sure there'll be more players uh, up for grabs uh, in the bigger auction. Just going through the auction list, I'm just reading through like the first few names. Uh, obviously, the batsmen come first. There's so many foreign names, but the two Indian names that stand out are uh, the three Indian names. In fact, uh, Robin Uthappa, who's out of the KKR reckoning after all these years, uh, he is looking for a team. There's Hanuma Vihari, there's Chiteshwar Pujara. How do you, I mean, obviously, quite contrasting names in there. How do you see the Indian guys going and uh, what's the word on which foreign players are they looking at? Because Ricky Ponting made a remark about uh, the likes of Cummins going for big sums potentially. Yeah, to, before I come to that, I think one key point about this auction particularly, yes, as Gaurav said, it is small auctions are tricky auctions, but this auction with 2021, keeping in mind the mega auction that will take place, uh, teams are going to look, I feel, for players who can deliver straight away. Yes, there will be some of them who will be uh, recruited as backups, but most of those big buys, they want players who will perform straight away. They are not going to be looking for people who are going to be sitting on the benches. So from that perspective, yes, let's start with Indians. Robin Atoppa, of course, the guy who has put the uh, listed the maximum base price of for an Indian for at 1.5 crores. Now, Robin, as we know, was there at KKR for many, many years. His role kept changing, but his returns were low. Uh, and that's why the franchise wanted to release him. Now, whether they will re, I don't think KKR will get him back clearly. So, which means, which are the other teams and some of the scouts or some of the talent scouts or management people feel that Robin 
is being looked as a middle order batsman still. So which are the teams? Maybe Chennai is one of the key teams that will look at. And the other team I feel whom, if Robin decides to keep, could be Royal Challengers Bangalore. Uh, and Robin is a Karnataka boy, so maybe they might look at it. But in terms of Indians, I think the one other name which really, for me, is intriguing is Yusuf Patan. Initially, I thought he would go unsold. He's 37 years old. He is not a good fielder anymore. But his potential to still hit big is something that might, maybe barring Bombay, I don't see any franchise having a really good big hitter, Indian big hitter, capped on cap doesn't matter, an Indian batsman who can come at six or seven and hit big straight away. So that's where, and Yusuf is somewhere who might maybe go unsold in the first lot. He's part of the all-rounders, which are the second set of players to come at the auction. So yeah, Yusuf might go unsold at the first call, but might franchises might just think of getting him. Some franchise might still think of getting him when his name comes around second time. Foreigners... Franchises are looking for a fastballer. Virtually every franchise, all of every each of the franchises is looking for a really good fastballer. And hence, a person like Pat Cummins is looking at becoming a millionaire. He is someone who many people want. He, interestingly, has listed himself as an all-rounder, which means when his name comes up, here, franchises are going to have a lot of money still in their purse, which means there will be a bidding war for Cummins. And Cummins has been in a very good form. He can bat. He definitely can bat. How good he can bat in T20 is up for that doesn't matter. But more importantly, it's his bowling people will buy him for. And virtually every franchise, one of the franchise uh, guys was telling me could even cross the 12 crore mark, like which would be close to 2 million. Which is astounding because... Uh... Cummins, like you said, the, the advantage, listener, is that uh, the all-rounders come first in the auction lot. Once the first seven batsmen go in the first lot, the next lot is the all-rounders. The first all-rounder listed is Stuart Binney. And after that, this Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins has an advantage now over every fast bowler uh, who's up in the auction. Apart from being the world's number one in test cricket and being the, the package that he is, he's listed himself up top. Gaurav... Uh, Explain just to the listener in terms of how this happens. Because a few years ago, we saw, uh, like I keep mentioning, Amati Raidu go as a wicketkeeper to Chennai Super Kings, although he doesn't keep there. MS Dhoni is obviously around. How does this whole listing process work? And uh, uh, do you see Uttapa in Chennai? Because you've, you've kind of written about it as well. For starters, Naga said Uttapa is in Karnataka, so he'll go to Bangalore. I think if he's in Karnataka, I thought the default is Kingsland, Punjab, Naga. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Anil Kumble, I hope he's not listening to this. He will take offense. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yes, in terms of uh, the auction list, Srinath, uh, I think what Pat Cummins has done is a very smart move. So how this works is every player gets a form to fill and they get to put that specialization. And since he's capped and since he's an all-rounder, which always comes uh, before the fast bowling lot... He has obviously uh, got himself ahead in the auction. So obviously Cummins knows the rules, Cummins knows the order, he follows the auctions. So, uh, which is why he has an advantage, but still not that drastic an advantage because uh, ultimately the set will be drawn by lots and you do have the likes of uh, Chris Morris, Glenn Maxwell uh, in that same list. So Morris is like, a, a, and even Chris Walk. So all these guys are kind of competitors for Pat Cummins who are more bowling all-rounders than uh, batting. And also, 
yeah, uh, there are not many franchises uh, who can actually go for 10-11 uh, uh, curves for a particular player, like what Naga said. So there are only like a couple of player franchises who can afford to do that. So uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not too sure about... Um, uh, teams have become smarter, so I'm not really too sure people will spend and make similar mistakes like how they made uh, with Diamond Mills, if you remember in 2017, when uh, he was the only one available and Bangalore spent almost 12 curves on him. And... Uh, we saw what happened. So, yes, teams will be smarter, uh, but Cummins has done a very smart thing in uh, putting himself as an all-rounder. Hmm. So, first things first, in terms of teams needing a rebuild, RCB you mentioned is one of the teams who had lots and lots to do this auction. Naga, RCB fans almost assumed that Mitchell Stark was going to be available and come back to Bangalore. With him not being around and needing like a world-class fast bowler, do you expect them to go all out for the likes of Cummins, even even a Chris Morris, an all-rounder? How, how do you see Bangalore shaping up and looking at the bowling attack? Look at it. There's not many 140-plus fast bowlers, okay? So, it's a no-brainer that Cummins will top the list. Bangalore has already made it clear that they will not go for Stain. Mike Hessen, in fact, went ahead and said that he's a um, high-maintenance bowler with the in- injuries. The, I think this, the scarcity of 140-plus fast bowlers is something that is, is going to be an issue. Um, the pool is very, very shallow there. Hence, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Think about one person. I mean, we are talking about foreigners. What about Jaydev Vunatkar? The guy has been lucky. He has, uh, because of his style, left arm fast, he can bowl like mid-130s is what he can reach. But he is recently, last week, he led Saurashtra in the first round, went on a seeming track against Himachal Pradesh. So I think someone like Jaydev Unatkar is another guy at least three or four teams will try and target because left arm fast. Now, I remember when we were preparing notes for this auction, one name that Gaurav surprised me with was Sheldon Cottrell, left arm fast. Now that guy can bowl fast. He's, uh, yes, he has had a very good form this series, including uh, getting Kohli out. So straight away, does Kohli think of getting Cottrell? Left arm fast is always, it's pretty unique. So yeah, Cottrell is one more guy that um, after Gaurav told me, I went went back and checked with franchises and franchises actually do agree that Cottrell on form could be potentially like, can be optimistic about someone picking him up. The pool is shallow, so there's not too many options there as far as fast bowlers go. Mm. Gaurav, uh, you're, you're backing Cottrell to fetch a million dollars. It's not just that you're backing him to get sold. How does the whole left-arm seamer thing work? Because it's always been the whole demand-supply thing. There's so few of them who can bowl like Naga mentioned. But do you see him picking up a million dollars? Close to a million, if not a million. Because again, uh, it's the angle. And you ask any of the players, you, sp- as you speak to most cricketers, they'll tell you how the left-arm angle always adds a, an advantage. And uh, the number one franchise uh, in the IPL, Mumbai Indians, they've always had that strategy. They always had Mitchell McLean last year. Behendorf came, did a, uh, one of you, a couple of games for them. So uh, this year they've got bold. Uh, even though they may not like really be the leading wicket taker or something, they add uh, value to certain uh, specific grounds, certain venues. So uh, talking about Unatkar, what Naga said, he might be very useful in, in Kotla. And uh, they they do have uh, pace bowlers, but they would like someone with the experience of Unatkar. They don't have a left-arm seamer currently. Rather than spending on an overseas quick, uh, they could go for someone like Unatkar whose cutters might help in that venue. Because now everybody knows what Unatkar does. He's pretty predictable and He's not really done exceptionally well over the last two seasons. So, yes, he would surely get bids, but uh, 
yeah, in a team like Delhi, he might actually end up doing well. And talking about Kotel, the other thing about small auctions is recency bias. You know, that happens a lot. We've seen that time and again. Uh, Hedmeyer, again, another example, he scored last year before the auction. Now again, he scored this year before the auction. Do teams, are teams realizing that? Are teams becoming smarter, real, uh, figuring out that this may not be the same case in IPL where the pressure is higher? And... Uh, Every match is important, you know. So they know that Hetmai knows, for example, in West Indies, uh, the pressure is not that much. He can afford to uh, flop two, three games. In an IPL, you can't do that. He was dropped, I think, after two games last year. So, so uh, same thing applies to a guy like Cottrell also. Uh, what impressed me the most was he was able to bowl the power play very well. He was, uh, with, with, his, with his swing, he was able to bowl in the death very well. And the other small factor which I was very impressed is his comeback ball. The moment he gets hit for the four, he usually does not get hit again for the six or the four. The number of expensive overs were very less. And that was something which impressed me. And this was not just in some uh, easy bowling wicket. It was in Wonkade, it was in Hyderabad where the scores were in excess of 200. So I think putting in my scouting hat I would definitely buy Cotter and he comes in early and a lot of teams require, six teams require a left arm fast bowler or the overseas quick for that matter. So I think he will... We'll come to predictions later. Uh, the, the, the other point that I wanted to discuss about these auctions is a lot of us work out data, we look at what teams need, etc. One great point that Naga mentioned earlier while we were discussing off-air is about Oin Morgan. Oin Morgan's now a World Cup winning captain. And uh, there is a franchise that is coached by his idol and I think the best man at his wedding, Brandon McCallum, uh, that is KKR. Naga, do these things matter? Uh, because Morgan's obviously a player of immense ability, but uh, do you see something like this playing a pivotal role in Morgan kind of moving back to Calcutta, to Kolkata Knight Riders? To an extent, yes, but there, there cannot be any personal bias. As, as good friends they are, at the end of the day, McCallum will have... Uh, to be accountable to the franchise. And this, uh, mind you, this is his first season as coach in the IPL, which is a big thing. He he might have been the coach at, uh, I think, CPL or whatever. That doesn't matter really. And in, including, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Trinbago did not win the title this time, right? Nope, nope, they didn't. Yeah. So the pressure would be on McCullum also. You can't just because he's the best friend. On Morgan, uh, just not for KKR, he offers a World Cup winning captain the kind of experience he he has some of the teams can look even like tone count of Kings XI who have the maximum purse they still need a captain if um, there's a lot of chatter about KL Rahul becoming the captain which which will not come as a surprise but what if KL says I don't want it I don't want to take the responsibility of captaincy because captaincy can have a big impact not everyone can just because you're an Indian player and a performer it becomes a good captain uh, there's question marks after all these years raised about Virat Kohli's captaincy in the IPL and many feel he, uh, his captaincy is a liability for RCB uh, whatever that, that jury is still out on that but coming back to Morgan yes Morgan can be looked at as captaincy because someone like King's excited can look at him, recruit him and make him the captain. He is he's in the mode like let's say a Kane Williamson is at SRH and he did so remember Kane did a very good job at uh, SRH when Warner was away. Yeah, taking him to the final. Yeah. So, yeah, if teams think that Morgan will play, someone can think of recruiting him. He has gone unsold in the past, remember, which uh, might have come as a surprise to him from where he started. But somehow Morgan in the IPL has never been able to click. But with the kind of experience, this time there is potential that someone someone can look at him. Gaurav, you brought this up uh, earlier, which is about... Uh, 
the number of new coaches i think there are five new coaches if i'm not wrong out of eight teams and also there's mike hessen who's the director of cricket at rcb uh, obviously coaches bring with them their past experience players they are comfortable working with what are who are some players you expect to go for big bucks this time because of their relationship and past success with coaches uh, who are working in the ipl there are two sides to this so there are some franchises where the owners and the um, the guys who are actually the management of the uh, franchise who kind of run the show and who who get in, uh, themselves involved in uh, team selection and there are some franchises where they give full freedom to the coach and ask the coach and uh, captain to go about uh, picking up the team so uh, that's very important when it comes to such biases so like a team like mumbai have lot of ownership involvement so you wouldn't see too much of bias uh, in that franchise but rcb they've started fresh they're starting they've uh, had a good scouting system this time they've invested a lot so uh, they've given full control to mike hessen so I, i think you would want you would see some kind of uh, a kiwi and an aussie uh, bias there so similarly with bailis and hadden there there's lot of new south wales uh, <laughs> uh, in that team and but they did they just have two slots so maybe one slot could go to an aussie for that matter but yeah in the long run these things matter how much the involvement of the ownership group is or how much the franchise has the uh, the captains have the freedom or the coaches have the freedom so like naga said it will be prevalent but it's not a good thing uh, on the on the coaching point which goru makes the example of glen maxwell and ricky ponting at the 2018 auction that's a classic one where uh, remember ponting said ponting wanted maxwell at delhi capitals right maxwell had he had worked extensively with maxwell in the series before the ipl tri series or something if i remember correctly uh, in 2018 i think maxwell uh, i was reading he was a man of the series at that point what did maxwell do at ipl he didn't for and ponting had to admit he was scratching his brain like wondering why did maxwell not perform and now ponting is once again backing maxwell because max and remember maxwell is going to be one of the key names everyone is like uh, predicting that this is another million dollar buy okay it for some it might be no brainer because of the talent that this guy possesses and he can bat anywhere he's an all rounder and he's a supremely amazingly good fielder which which by itself is uh, as some teams will just buy him as just for his fielding he's so good but but maxwell there have been question marks raised about maxwell when the sevak said something is he and he is himself he's coming out of personal this uh, he took a break from this so p teams are going to consider all these factors before investing in maxwell will they just blindly go this is an inter- interesting thing you guys i mean goro what do you think about maxwell he's one guy i uh, do, do you think that he's an easy buy he's like it's a no brainer that people will just pick him up yeah you you mentioned the reasons right he bats anywhere he can bowl and he can field amazingly well and he's an impact player but he's never done anything of note in the ipl barring that uae stint and i was actually analyzing the teams and it's very interesting he's played for punjab he's played for delhi twice he's played for bombay and sunrise uh, and chennai and rajasthan technically don't need him so effectively if the teams don't want to buy him back it's only a battle between kkr and rcb to a certain extent maybe srh in the slightly in the fray but srh don't have enough money so it's uh, i i think it's a straightforward uh, battle between kkr and rcb and kkr has russell anyway so they at some point they will back out so the only franchise which uh, might 
technically get Maxwell is RCB. And if this is the case, then he may not really go for too much money because at what point does KKR uh, back out or SRS back out? We need to see. So, uh, Maxwell will go, but whether he'll get 10, 12 girls, I'm not too sure, but 5, 6 girls, I'm guessing he will. Just because it's Maxwell and it's one season, he's in good form and like Naga said at the first thing in the podcast, they want somebody to perform this year. They don't really care too much. They want them to perform immediately. He'll be fresh of playing BBL and uh, some T20s, I think, against South Africa before the IPL. So, Maxwell is always an interesting proposition to have. Just going through all the franchises, Maxwell, if, if somebody's going to go for five, six crores, like a Maxwell or a, somebody like a Cottrell earlier that we mentioned, this Cummins, uh, franchises, of course, need enough money because they've got slots to fill. It's not necessary that they fill all their 25 slots. But just going through, it feels like Kings Eleven have got like the biggest purse. They've got like 43 crores almost. And they've only got nine slots to fill. There are franchises with less money and more slots to fill. Like Mumbai Indians who are at the lower end of the spectrum at 13 crores with seven slots to fill. It kind of tells you a story in that Mumbai Indians are probably looking at filling in slots with some youth players, some young upcoming talents like they've always done. They've scouted somebody. Uh, just in terms of philosophy, Gaurav, uh, because there's obviously a bunch of Indian names from the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy and other domestic tournaments who've done well, who will be looking at the auction. How are, how is it going to be different between a franchise like a Mumbai or a Chennai with fewer slots to fill and not so much money versus, uh, Kings 11, like Naga also mentioned, they're also looking for a captain. Uh, how different is it going to be and what's the approach going to be like? Actually, if you uh, analyze a bit deeper, sometimes I feel having uh, Chennai and Bombay are at a much more better situation than uh, Punjab or Delhi because Chennai need just what what two overseas players and assume they want Chris Morris because he's played for them, he's done very well, and they have thirteen curves in the fourteen curves in their kitty, and they can actually go up to nine, eight, nine curves for Chris Morris. Whereas a Kings and Punjab, Delhi have to buy five, six overseas players. Look at RCB, they have to buy six overseas players and they have but twenty-seven curves. So that's an average of uh, three, four curves per overseas play uh, player in general. So that's why teams like Chennai might and Mumbai, they have a player in mind. They will, they should be able to get them fairly easily. Whereas Punjab need to buy other options, they need to think more. So, uh, though these teams have lesser money, I think they are much better placed because they know what to fill, they know who they want, and they'll just go all out and get them. So even if they get Morris for eight crores, they just need another, uh, uh, even 50, 60 lakhs, they get some Indian players. I think they're more or less sorted. So, uh, it's actually a big disadvantage for RCB and uh, Delhi. Uh, because they need more overseas players as well. Kings and Punjab need only few overseas players and they have more money. So they are uh, actually better placed. Before I get to Naga and domestic players, I'm just going to run through some of the first names in the auction because these are the people, these are the players that franchises have prioritized and they're going to come up for grabs really, really soon in the day. Aaron Finch, this Chris Lynn, who's not part of KKR, Zoyan Morgan, who we've discussed, Jason Roy, Pat Cummins, Sam Curran, Colin DeGrandome, these are the all-rounders, this Maxwell, Morris, Yusuf Patan, Chris Wokes, another interesting name, Ponting mentioned that he will go for a lot of money, Alex Carey, we need to discuss Alex Carey, going down, there's obviously Cottrell, there's Tim Saudi, Dale Stain, and so on. Before we get to predictions and domestic players, how do you see, Naga, the, some of the guys who have been in the fray? I'm thinking of a Lynn or a Vokes. How do you see some of these guys getting back 
into the mix. Will they go for as much money as they did in the past? There's a reason franchises have released them because they're coughing up a lot of money in their budget within their purse. And how do you see some of these guys going like or Sam Curran or a Lynn or obviously they've completely different cases versus a newbie like Alex Carey, who I think is kind of primed to fetch a buyer this time. I was surprised actually. Let me start with the Loki name of Chris Wokes. Uh, I was surprised when Ponting named him, but he obviously is a world winning captain, has has a wider knowledge. But I beg to differ. Like Chris Wokes is a hard worker, but the length that he bowls, he doesn't bowl a shot of length, which needs, to, which is the what do you say, uh, the go-to ball most of the times in at whatever point of time uh, for fast bowlers. He bowls more the foolish length where the ball swings, etc. So Wokesy is more suitable when the conditions are favorable. So I'm not sure about Woxy. Sam Curran, yes, KXIP might think, or maybe somebody he has an all-round potential he has, he can bat, etc. But I'm not sure about his bowling once again. Uh, the pace and the pace of the which, the pitches uh, actually in India at that point of time in the summer. So again, once again, I don't see him going for big money. Now the two guys that I'm looking forward to are Chris Lynn, who might go for a decent or a big money, is Chris Lynn. And the performer in Chepok or in this series, Shimron Hetmeyer. Hetmeyer was like last year bought for big money by RCB. But RCB is a franchise where many big names have flopped for whatever reasons. So, uh, uh, but this time I think Hetmeyer has kind of understood what works. He has now better grasp of the conditions in India and the pitches. And he's a guy who... Many greats have said, I've Lloyd once, he said to me that this is the next great batsman, he thinks. He has the potential. Now, whether he has that inner talent to kind of exploit that potential, it's only up to him and the mentors around him. So with the right kind of coaching setup, the right kind of mentorship around him, this guy can perform really well. He's showing that in this West Indies series and his form is going to dictate. So I, I, I think for me, admire many will fight for him. Many. The one thing uh, about Hetmeyer, unfortunately, is he's coming, he's around 65th in the list, so he comes way below this time. So, uh, uh, a lot of teams might have uh, picked up their uh, overseas batsmen, and unless they're specifically targeting Hetmeyer, they keep some money for him. Uh, yes, he'll surely get his uh, team, but may not go for as uh, high amount as what he might have expected, purely because uh, he's uh, coming way below in the uh, auction list. And talking about these uh, uh, surprise picks and uh, about Woksi, sometimes uh, coaches, captains give out statements to media just to fool a few people, confuse others, etc. So <laughs> it's uh, very much possible that uh, Ponting uh, wants somebody else who's also in Woksi's list uh, and he wants somebody else to now go for Woksi because this definitely happens. People give some statements, hype up the player and uh, suddenly the coach is thinking, oh no, Ponting said it, maybe we are missing something or not having Woksi and uh, I totally agree with Naga. I don't think Wokes is cut out for the IPL. His batting is, I think, spectacular in the T20 format. Yes, in the ODI and Test, he's a lot different, but not in the T20 format in the heat of India. Uh, my, my, I'm a big fan of Alex Carey, and I think one person who's very underrated under the radar is Alex Carey. The fact that he's not played T20 recently, uh, he didn't get the chance to bat in against Pakistan and Sri Lanka, so he couldn't really prove himself there. I thought that would be a pretty key tournament for him to showcase his potential. But see, he offers you 
a batting as an opener or in the, as a finisher. He offers you wicket keeping and he's a left-hander and he plays spin very well. How many people can actually say that you can do these four things? So, uh, I don't know why he's kind of under the radar, but if I was part of any franchise, I'll definitely try Alex Carey right away, right now, because there are some uh, teams which need overseas keepers. Keepers are always very uh, essential, and if he's really good, we can retain him next year or so. So, uh, my guess is Alex Carey would go uh, for quite a lot of money if I know the franchise as well, but... Who knows how auction works, but yeah, my my guys are Alex Carey. Yeah, you're right. Uh, in fact, Carey is someone. Uh, I was speaking to some one guy. Someone was telling me that keep an eye out for Bangalore going after Carey. It looks like they might be interested, mm. very keenly interested in Carey because they do have that, uh, as you said, Gaurav. Of, of, they are one of the few franchise, one of the franchises that do need a good wicketkeeper batsman. I mean, Parthiv is there at Bangalore, but then. Nanga, are you telling me Parthiv is finally going to be out of the eleven? <laughs> I'm going to tell Parthiv that that Gaurav <laughs> is not <laughs> is kind of with you. Um, Gaurav's uh, <laughs> no Gaurav's hobby over the ten months when the IPL doesn't happen is accumulating Parthiv stats and sharing it with the world uh, <laughs> so that he can write about him <laughs> during the IPL <laughs> that campaign. He saved RCB last year, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, no, Parthiv's a good guy, but the, the thing is, I think more than good guy, they do kind of if Carry comes in, he he kind of opens up new slots and allows a different combination, mm. which maybe Katich and Hessen might have spoken about. But what about uh, KKR? Even KKR can do with Kerry, isn't it? They can, but they have Dinesh Karthik and I wouldn't want Kerry to uh, be a um, uh, fielder there. So my... I don't know. Maybe Punjab could because they have KL who's a stand-in keeper. Maybe they could uh, release that responsibility and uh, give Kerry a, a go there. And Kerry kind of fits in a lot of teams, to be honest. You know, uh, even Mumbai, for example, uh, Dikok, yes, he had a good season. But who knows, if Kerry comes cheap, they could uh, use him at the top of the order. Always uh, uh, Mumbai has that. Uh, and the other player we have not spoken about, how can we have a complete podcast without speaking of the sensation Tom Banton? We, I, I was planning to bring him up uh, in in the next slot because Banton's already, of course, spoken to ESPN Cricket Info during the T10 League, saying that he's been a fan of Mumbai Indians, uh, still just about 20, and he's had like a spectacular season in the T20 Blast for Somerset, where at the top with Barbar Azam, uh, he was striking it big. He's already played for England. Tom Banton is quite likely to be one of the uh, earlier... Uh, Earlier buys, but except that he he comes in slightly lower down the list. Uh, Carry like both of you mentioned, his auction position is also spectacular. He's the first wicketkeeper to probably come up uh, in the auction. Gaurav, isn't that right? Yeah, he is. He's capped, and also sometimes this list lists are also made out of the interest given by the franchise, so that gives you a slight mm. indicator. Uh, one of the criteria is captain uh, that has to go first, but Banton is technically capped, so he could have come uh, in the same list as Chris Lynn and Alan Finch, but obviously they go by experience, they go by also uh, number of uh, franchises who have shown interest, so there is some criteria for the, those lists as well. Uh, yeah, so Carey has a huge advantage coming uh, uh, right up front in that list, whereas Banton does not. So, which is why Banton would be more like a backup opener for somebody or uh, maybe even a first Opener, but he'll come cheap. One factor franchises will also keep in mind with someone like Carey is that if he really does well, they can retain him. 
So th- this is a very precious commodity. If carry strikes, then the franchise automatically has one place reserved. Oh, sorry, one place already like in their bag, which is the wicketkeeper batsman. And so I think, yeah, carry is someone who could be a surprise packet in from this auction. We've spent the best part of half an hour, over half an hour, talking about overseas players. Mostly uh, we're going to get straight into the domestic talents. Uh, the younger ones you've probably not heard so much about or as much about. Uh, Gaurav, uh, we're coming off the end of a limited overs domestic season in India. Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy, the Vijay Hazare Trophy. There are some names which feature quite regularly on your list of guys whom franchises are looking for, like the Ashesvi Jaiswal or a Priyam Garg, who's leading the under-19 uh, team in South Africa in the World Cup. Who are the names that we're kind of going to hear more about this IPL auction and beyond? Some of the names uh, which are doing the rounds and also some based on performances are uh, obviously Priyam Garg, Virat Singh. He's supposed to be uh, garnering a lot of interest from franchises. Uh, there are some unknown players as well. Jaiswal, uh, I'm not too sure if people will invest so much on him, but a team like Mumbai would want some local player as well there, so uh, they might uh, go for him. Uh, so the, the main guys whom who are possibly, uh, I'm not sure if anybody's going to go for a really high amount of money, but at least they will get some good buys. Uh, good picks are uh, uh, these guys, Priyam Garg, Virat Singh, and Ishan Parel, one of uh, a Indian quick who's supposed to be... Um, Supposed to swing the ball and he's supposed to be good in the domestic circuit. But even last year, he was called for trials. Nobody really picked him. Shah Rukh Khan from TN because he's a finisher. Again, he he, was, he struggled against spin uh, in the side Mushtaq Ali. So people would have uh, seen that and they would have realized he's not worth more than a certain amount of money. So he, will, he might uh, uh, get a bid. Uh, that's about it. And a few Karnataka guys like Rohan Kadam and uh, Pavan Deshpande are uh, also in the reckoning. Uh, just to fill up those uh, Indian middle-order all-rounder slots, which are so less and so sparse. Naga, any uh, Varun Chakravarti-esque names in your mind? What you're hearing of? Big money, Indians, unheard of, relatively? Mm, No, unless the franchise, the scouts are trying to keep the cards close to the chest. They don't want to reveal somebody, so other franchise. But I think Mm. one name I want to mention is who could do well this time uh, is Prabh Simran Singh. Now, remember, last year he was bought by, is it Punjab who bought him? Kings 11. Kings 11. Bought yeah. him a big and now they've released him. But he really has the potential and he's somebody, if franchises want to look at the future, he's somebody they could try and think of investing and even if they buy him for two to three crores, every scout I've spoken to or the coach I've, who's seen and spoken to, he says that this guy can hit the ball. This guy can, has really good he got so much power so he's somebody who can play in the lower order and there are teams that do want somebody like him an Indian batsman coming over so uh, that's one name that's the only name I think um, I can think of Uh, I have not heard nobody else other than the names that Gaurav has already mentioned I haven't heard anybody else what about Praveen Tambe yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? And he was, I'm wondering which franchise wanted him at, uh, no disrespect to him, but he can spin the ball, but he's too slow. I, I feel like if Piyush Chawla has been removed and what does Tambe give that Chawla doesn't? 48 years old, Praveen Tambe, uh, yeah. born, born 1971. That'll be a phenomenal record uh, if... 
Praveen Tambe gets a bid from any of the franchises. That's something to watch for closely if his name comes up. Before we end this episode, it is obviously predictions time. We'll do it slightly differently thanks to a format uh, from somebody on Twitter that I just saw. Uh, I think it was Rohit Shankar, which is basically if each franchise had to go all out for one player, who would it be? Uh, we'll start with uh, Gaurav. Uh, you've done the piece. I think it should be easier for you. My predictions are um, CSK, Chris Morris, the Delhi Capitals, Jaydev Unatkat, uh, Sunrisers, Hyderabad, um, Fabian Allen, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Alex Carey, um, Mumbai Indians, uh, maybe Tom Banton, Kings Levin, Pat Cummins, or maybe Sheldon Cottle, KKR, slightly left field, but Glenn Maxwell, uh, Rajasthan Royals is the really tricky one, and uh, I think Sam Curran. Yeah, I think you've covered everybody. So, uh, interesting names, Naga. Now the easier questions to you. The, the richest player going away from this auction. And secondly, one name that we're all expecting that you expect to go unsold. Oh, God. Uh, they're not easy. <laughs> You've given me... Uh, it's not an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, Pat Cummins for the most expensive. And... Unsold. You won't unsold the biggest name. Now, how do we classify? Can't be. Okay, do you expect Praveen Tamwe to be sold? No, but then you're going to go. You you want big names. <laughs> there will be many unsold players. I mean, there'll be many like Tambe will mm-hmm. be unsold. I mean, you got to go with the base prices and the names, isn't it? I don't expect Angelo Matthews to be. Chateshwar Pujara. Yeah, Pujara. Yeah, will go unsold. Two crores, I think. Uh, there was Hazelwood, who's not in the list. Oh, yeah, if not. Uh, the final list, if I'm not wrong. He's there. He's, he's comes in quite late, I think. He's around number 79, as yeah. I see it. Yeah, Hazelwood would go unsold. I mean... Mitch Marsh, two crores. No, he'll, he'll be picked. He's all around us still. Cool. So, we've got some names. Do you want to... Uh, do you want to also predict the highest bid for an Indian player? Both of you, just to wrap it up? Oh, not good. Okay. Gaurav, easy? Not at all easy, but let me just... Go with uh, Virat Singh. Okay, Virat Singh to go uh, for the highest bid among Indians, which is quite a crazy pick when you have Robin Uttapa and uh, the likes of Vunatkat. Uh, but of course, that's how predictions work. It's not always what you expect. Uh, remember that there are 73 slots across eight franchises. And if I'm right, 29 of them are overseas players. It's not a big auction, but it's a significant one because like we've discussed already, retentions are at stake when the franchises convene next year for the next cycle. On that note then, uh, thanks to both our guests today, Gaurav and Naga, for their time in joining Stump Mike. Thanks, folks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Gaurav. Thank you. All right. Uh, see you on the other side of the auction, uh, listener. And uh, remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating, and uh, listen to us anywhere else you get your podcast from. Until next time then, from all of us at ESPN Click Info, it's uh, goodbye. Take care.